0: You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is Stephen Kohler. And Stephen is the founder and CEO of Audira, which is an experiential CEO coaching and leadership organization that uses musicality and interactiveness to teach leaders the power of true listening. This is a beautiful interview. You're going to love it. He uses a ton of musical metaphors. And I'm so excited for you to hear Steven talk about what it took him to pay the price of leadership. Hi everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Thanks for tuning in to the tremendous leadership podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we interview leaders from all over the globe and talk to them about pulling back the curtain on leadership and what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And today, I am so excited. Because my guest is Stephen Kohler and Stephen is Audira's founder and CEO. And he'll tell us about what that means, where he got that name from. And he brings passion for people along with 25 years of extensive corporate experience within organizations ranging from startups to fortune 100s and across multiple industries. His credentials include an MBA from the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business, a BA in philosophy from Northwestern University. And Stephen is also a certified professional coach and a balanced scorecard professional. I love that. So his passions include spending time with his wife, his two children, and his two dogs. So we share a big love of that because I have Mm -hmm. my own pack. And he's a lifelong musician. You're going to hear a lot about that an avid barbecue enthusiast and loves traveling the world. So Stephen, thank you so much for being here today.
0: Thank you, uh, Tracy. It's a true honor to be here. And uh, I'm just thrilled to join you and your listeners for today's session.
1: Well, thank you. And, and I just, I love what before we recorded, you said we're going to jam together. So I, I just, I absolutely love when you said that. And that's what our leaders are here to talk about and listen for. So my dad wrote a speech called The Price of Leadership." And it was the one he spoke the most. He was known as a motivator and an enthusiast, but he was also really pragmatic. And like, you know, I know this is going to be fun, but let's talk about what it's really going to entail. And I think he drew a lot of people because he was so real about it. But in the price of leadership, Stephen, he lists four different things. That if you want to sit in the leadership seat, you're going to have to be willing to pay that price. And the first one that he talks about is loneliness. And we don't like that loneliness word. And We've heard that growing up, hey, it's lonely at the top, but can you unpack for me in your years of experience, even in what you're doing now, because I know you recently have recently started Adira in what, the last couple of years? Yes, ma'am. Exactly. You you probably had to step out on your own yet again, but could you unpack what loneliness means for you as a leader, how you deal with it, maybe if you've been through it, and what you would share with uh, our leaders who are listening that perhaps are in a season of loneliness?
0: Absolutely. Well, again, Dr. Jones, thank you so much. I appreciate the question because I think it's uh, the topic of loneliness is not one that we frankly talk enough about in leadership. When I think about my own journey within, in terms of that loneliness question to others, is that I think I, the first quote I think about is, it's lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. And very specifically, what I would reflect on is this idea that many of us, myself included, have spent part of our journey, our leadership journey, not living accordance to values. And when, I know in my own case, when I did not lead in accordance to my values, i.e. perhaps I was in a role that I did not find fulfilling, Mm. perhaps I was in an organization that did not share my values, for me, the impact was absolute loneliness. And so I think a big part of what all of us can do as leaders is really get back to our values, what's meaningful to us, what is our core sense of purpose, what is our why, because once we start to reconnect with that, that's when you start to find connection. I also think about, particularly for those of us that are doing something entrepreneurially or innovation, there's a lot of loneliness in that too. I know when I, in my case, I did what many thought was crazy by leaving a very corporate, secure corporate job, very comfortable job with a nice income. There was a lot of loneliness in that because I think everybody thought I was nuts in so many ways told me that. And so in some ways... I think as leaders, we have to face that loneliness because by doing something bold, something different, you're going to see a lot of folks kind of disconnect. And so we have to maintain that sense of uh, connection to values and purpose and perseverance. Mm. And I'm so thrilled that I was able to do that.
1: I love that. Well, I just love that you, and I got to tell you, you know, and just getting my PhD in leadership, there's this thing and and self-efficacy, which what motivates us. And again, I don't care if I'm in this alone, as long as I can find my purpose, like you said, but there's a term called value congruence, which means you have to be in an organization with people that you have shared values. And when we're not there, it's like trying to put on a shoe that's pinchy. Or it's just you're not gonna and I love how you said that. When I have felt my loneliness is when I was in organizations where I knew this was not a good fit, even though I made the most money, had the highest title, had the biggest people around me, I still felt incredibly lonely. And I just I love how you shared that. I was just very insightful because when you have your values. Whatever else you have, you have that, and that drives you until you start attracting the rest of the tribe around you.
0: Well, I I love what you're pointing to because that uh, a big part of our firm's mission at Audira is to do that listening. Mm -hmm. So, as an aside, Audira in Latin means to listen, Mm -hmm. and so what our organization really works on doing is for all of us to really listen to what's important. Mm. And in my own journey as i made that transition out of corporate and into becoming a leader of my own organization i had to really listen to what it was that was not congruent as you said and as i listened to what was awake with me it was about serving others leveraging a lot of the the gifts that i had that quite frankly for many years i had told myself was a liability
1: you know yes. for example
0: i i did some leadership assessments and i had this thing that was off the charts for empathy the challenge was i was in role where they they told me that that was a downside that oh. i was too kind right mm-hmm. And so I had this story in my head. So the power that I think we all have is to really listen to those values and think about what we're drawn to do. And then that will allow us, much like you said, is to attract uh, those around us that share those
1: values. I love it, I love it. So how did you, you probably, and many people listening, myself included, were in the, because I thought growing up, bigger is better, bigger organizations, bigger bureaucracies and found out this is not good. I mean, I could drive it so far and then I kept just hitting the wall and I jumped to another big entity. But when did you, how many years was it before you, for me, it was 20 years of doing something for somebody else until I finally was like, I just, I cannot do this anymore. So where did you, and in 12 of them was even in the military, which I love the military, but that's a bureaucratic organization too. How long did it take you? Because there's probably some listeners out there. Many of us have already transitioned and we're like, yeah, we get it. We get it. But how long did it take you before you finally said, okay, it's time to make that call?
0: 25 years.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yes. And let me just say, there were many moments throughout that period where I felt like something wasn't right. Uh-huh. But I'll be very honest, I had a lot of fear. I had a uh-huh. lot of uncertainty of, of making that big change. And finally, I got to the point, just like you said, uh, Dr. Jones, where I said, I cannot do another moment of this. Yes. And you know what, I'll, I'll pass on some wisdom that I have. I, I have an older brother who's a surgeon, and he, he literally sees life and death every day. And he said something to me I'll never forget. He said, "Steven, life is, is incredibly short. So it's up to us to determine how we want to use these few remaining, you know, years that we have on this planet. And do you want to live it with joy and passion and purpose, or do you want to live with something that doesn't fill your heart up? And um, and you I said know. that was enough.
1: Oh, I love it. Well, and you know, the good book says, you know, life is a breath. Even God knows it's just a breath. And so I, I just love that. And also, you can call me Tracy. But thank oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. One of the things that, I, that finally catapulted me to moving back was my father's passing. You know, so... One of the worst experiences of my life, and finally I'm like, I don't know what else to do. I'm so forlorn. I'm just going to go home. And you know, it it, it isn't always a forethought out thing. A lot of times we we have such that dissonance that we're finally like, I just because. But I can remember being like you and just going into work one day and going, I can't do this anymore. I don't care if you gave me a million dollars a day. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a beautiful thing. It's a scary thing, but it's your inner seed, your whatever's about to come out, just letting you know it's it's time. It's time. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And I love that it took you 25 years. So I'm letting people know, let it work its way out of you. You don't have to make it abrupt and transition if you can, but it's okay if you're like, well, I've already been 25 years. So what? So what?
0: Absolutely. And and I would say there's there's no right time. The biggest thing is you have to listen to your, you may call it your spirit, your gut, your intuition, yeah. uh, your faith, but do that listening. Yeah. And the other thing is in reflecting on loneliness you know, one of the stories that many of us tell ourselves, Tracy, and I know I told myself, that is that I was on my own, that I was alone, that I couldn't ask for help. And musically, I work a lot of musical metaphors into the work that I do as a musician. And, and my invitation to all of us listening today would be remember that you have an ensemble, right? I Think love about it. who you can invite or who you already have in your ensemble. If you're the violin player, who is that percussionist mm-hmm. who's that keyboard player who's that flautist right because i promise you if, if you think about it you have others that can uh, that are either there or that you can invite to support you
1: i love that okay so let's transition that into the second topic which was weariness it would get pretty tiring now i was a, i play violin and cello so it would be pretty tough trying to be an orchestra of one and just playing all the parts by myself and a lot of times With weariness, I love that metaphor of the ensemble because together is how we fill the universe with music. So how do you stay refreshed? I know you kind of hinted at it with that, but how do you stay refreshed, Stephen, because it it is tough. Leadership is hard and we're just mere mortal coils. And how do you do it?
0: Well, thank you, Tracy. It's a question that I've been thinking about particularly every day for the last six months more than ever due to COVID-19 and the context we find ourselves in. The word that I would use from a musical metaphor would be that of balance, sonic mm. balance. So, if you're if you're thinking about a musical composition, you have different elements. You have below frequencies, you have the mid, you have the high, you have different instruments. And often, as musicians, we're taught with ear training to notice what might be missing or what might be maybe a little too loud or a little too soft. Now, why do I bring that back to our, our lives as leaders? Because I think what we, all of us need in different ways is to find when we're out of that balance.
2: Mm-hmm. When
0: are we in balance? When are we not in balance? And what I've done in my own case is I've identified what it feels like, what I'm thinking and in my body in general, when I'm at balance and when I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I've identified what I can do to refuel myself or rebalance. And I'm very much a practicer of this mind, body, spirit, philosophy that I think so many of your listeners are well attuned to. So what I create for myself is an intention every day to make sure that I'm at least doing one or maybe two of those things to keep my body in balance. So there are something physical. So I love to exercise. I love to run, even if it's a walk outside um, or walk around the neighborhood with my dogs and children, I'll do something physical. I'll do something intellectual to get my mind challenged and recharged. So I'll do something where I learn. I love to learn. So I'll Read a book. I'll take an online class, right? And then third, I'll do something emotionally or spiritually fulfilling. As a musician, I'll play my guitar. I'll roll around the floor with my kids. And even if each one of those things is maybe five, 10 minutes, I find that they put me back in balance. And that is a beautiful antidote to this weariness. So we all get fatigued. We all get drained in our cup. The question is, how will we move past that? And so I would invite all of us to just think about those activities and Find what works for you.
1: Mm-hmm. I love the musical metaphor of balance. And Lena Horne, beautiful singer, you know, one of her favorite quotes about weariness that I always go back to it's not the load, it's the way we carry it. And so, spread it, get help. I mean, stay in balance. Like you said, when you're out of balance, you can hear it. I just, that's an absolutely brilliant, brilliant musical metaphor. I love it. Thank you so much. Excellent. Okay, so we talked about loneliness, we talked about weariness. Okay, so the next price of leadership my father talks about is abandonment. And a lot of times we hear about fear of abandonment or there's this negative connotation of abandonment. You know, you're a pet lover too, you're a parent, we don't wanna abandon things. But what he was talking about is really this intense purposeful focus and that we need to stop thinking about what we like and want to think about in favor of what we need and ought to think about. So how do you, Stephen, with all your transitions, all the things and you're growing your business? How do you stay finely tuned on what you need to stay focused on?
0: Mm-hmm. I love the question. It's it's probably the one that where I've spent the most time and reflection of the last two years. Mm-hmm. And I, I think very much about this idea of purpose. If I were to use a musical compos you know, metaphor again, I might say, you know, as composers, you create and create a musical piece with a design impact that you want to create on the audience. Okay. And so as leaders, I think we have the opportunity to come back to when I'm feeling perhaps that I'm drifting or abandoning from my core purpose, getting back to that, what is that that key signature, that Hmm. melody that keeps me on track? Uh, What is the desired impact that I want to have? So coming always back to that purpose is so powerful. The other thing that I'm very aware of is that all of us, all of us humans have these narratives in our head. You might call them saboteurs, you might call them self-talk. And sometimes those saboteurs might talk up that that others around us are abandoning us or that we're feeling abandoned. Invite others to recognize is that that so often that's a story that we're telling ourselves and we have the opportunity to really reflect on what rather than what we don't have, what we do have. Oh. So starting with a from a place of gratitude, starting from a place of possibility and starting from a place of curiosity and really shifting that mindset from feeling One of you know perhaps lack to one of abundance. I'm a big believer in in being in a a mindset of abundance. So those two things of staying on purpose, what is that desired impact? And then secondly, how can I reconnect with those around me?
1: I love this. So can I unpack when you talked about because I have a leader. I have done this. I do a lot of research on people that are in an organization. Just like love, the first six months you're on a high. You know Mm -hmm. you're in your dopamine. Even starting a new job. And we cycle, we go through this cycle as you got the degrees of you understand we have these highs and lows. So I wanna unpack that when we think people are abandoning us. And it seems like after a certain amount of time, even if you have the dream team, you get to a point where you're like, okay, something's not dreamy anymore. And are they gonna bolt? Are they gonna stay? And I could not agree more when you say, focus on what we do have and not what we don't have. But when you have felt this in the past, did you say something to them? I know it's good to unpack, like if fear of abandonment, like that's one of my triggers. So I'm always going to go to that. Nope, this person's got a bolt, you know? So I got to really stay on top of that. But when you see this in your team, do you go to them and say, hey, are you checking out on me? Or you were once all in, you were once a key player. Now you're kind of dropping back to second chair. How do you handle that?
0: Thank you, Tracy. I love it. It's funny. One of the biggest things that's showed up Particularly due to COVID, so many of us working virtually yes. is this context of what I would say is how do we stay connected? Yes. And right. Yes. And, and it relates to your question so much because I've seen a lot of organizations, a lot of teams really struggling with that sense of connection. And, and in many cases, leaders and individuals within teams feeling disconnected and abandoned. So I'm a big believer in checking in early and often. And I'll kind of share my thoughts on this. The first thing to do is, is, creating what you might call a co-designed or designed alliance. It can be with a direct report. It can be with a family member. It can be with your team. And you set up a series of agreements. What are our mission, vision, and values as a team, as a relationship, and what agreements or accountabilities we want to hold one another to. And then most importantly, check in regularly with that because hmm. you know life gets in the way. I know. Right. You're going to have these highs and lows. You're going to get pulled apart. There are going to be some disagreements. Right. So checking in. And the other thing that so often happens is that we humans are, are what some people call assumption making machines. We as human creatures will make a thousand assumptions a day. I know. Right. And so many of those assumptions, you know, serve us, but some of them don't, particularly as it relates to relationships with others. Mm-hmm. So why do I mention this? Because checking in on these assumptions that we're carrying around somebody else that we're in relationship with on a team or whatever is so powerful. And it's super easy. You can say something like, you know, John or Susan, I've got this story in my head. And my story is that, you know, you're kind of checked out or you're not really motivated or your story, my story is that I'm not serving you as a leader, right? And I I just want to bounce that off you to see if I'm right at all, right? So checking in and clearing those assumptions and then redesigning those agreements Right. So powerful.
1: Right. I love that. And the, you know, I'm so glad you said that because most of us COVID stinks, but a lot of us as entrepreneurs, I mean, it hasn't been business as usual, but it's been a lot more business as usual than most people because we're entrepreneurs. And so we have this free form kind of maybe we show up, maybe we don't, but it's still important. Remember it has pulled us apart and it's month five of this. So I, I really appreciate you. You know, we want to be able to, you know, go be all over the world and, you know, we can operate anywhere. But yet we still as teams have been pulled apart and not working. And I love that checking in and saying, and I'll tell you what, I am the worst about jumping to assumptions and filling in the blanks. So I love that you just say to somebody is, you know, my story is this, is this what I'm hearing? And And just give a chance to unpack it and find out where people are. Because the story is the reality. So the sooner you find out what it is, then you can both do something about it. Either reunite or realize, this is this chapter has ended this is the end of this composition and we're going to start start doing something else
2: that's beautiful that's beautiful uh-huh.
1: yeah that's awesome okay so we were talking about abandonment and i love that with the connectedness and checking in and i love the design alliances really really interesting stuff and i love it because i read a lot on disengagement in the workplace mm-hmm. and again it happens you know it just happens and so it's really important then you sit down with people and say hey where'd I lose you? Are are you still with me? Is there something I'm doing? And at least get a chance to unpack it. And sometimes, you know, we need to do that even in our relationships. You're married. How many times do you have to sit there and say, hey, is everything okay? Are we good? And yet we think it works. It just stays good. Once good. And it's like, that's not how it works. You know? It's
0: true. And we all, you know, as leaders, we have permission, we have responsibility, quite frankly, to keep checking in and then and redesigning on that shared vision that we have. Mm -hmm. So if I were to use a musical metaphor, I might say, you know, okay, we've been playing this particular piece or playing together and starting to feel a little stale. So what do we do to get back to that sense of joint passion, right? So maybe we change key, maybe we change instruments just to keep it fresh, maybe we change venues, right? Something to kind of reinvigorate. And it's up to us as leaders to make that shift.
1: I love it. Well, you are the first leader that I've had on that hit in the abandonment of people in that sense. So thank you so much for that, because that is a real thing for leaders out there. Even if you have found that great life co-partner to get you through it, even those guys, I'm sure there have been times where they looked at each other and said, should we even keep doing what we're doing together? So thank you for your authenticity and your honesty in that. Lastly, my father talked about vision. And um, I think a lot of people will sit there and say, well, I'm not really a visionary. Well, my dad said vision is just what seeing what needs to be done and then doing it. So you've got this creative side, but then you also have this integration and execution. So how do you craft the vision? How do you get clarity on that, Stephen?
0: For me, I've got uh, like a three-letter acronym, if you will, that I come back to. Uh And it's called the three Vs. It starts with your values, as we talked about, really reflecting on what's important to you. And I'll provide a little case study for my own case. I had values that I reflected about serving others, truly listening, and bringing creativity as a way to help others grow. Now, the reason I mention that is from my values, I was then able to create a vision for myself and both individually and as a business where I wanted to transform and take these this passion for people, my skills, uh, both as a corporate leader, but also empathetic, and then my creativity and bring those into helping leaders, teams and organizations amplify their leadership. And that was the vision I created off of my values. And then the third V that I would encourage people to think about as they're constructing that vision are what I call variables. So variables are those things that we, the very practical things, the trade-offs, if you will, that we have to take into mind when we're Mm -hmm. taking that vision forward. So it might be one obvious variable might be money. How much money am I going to need to withhold my lifestyle? Family time. How am I going to be able to support myself as a leader at home, as well as a leader in my community? Another variable might be culture. What kind of culture either do I want to create for my company or if I'm within an organization? So really think about these variables or trade-offs that are important to you when you create this vision. And I think you mentioned this earlier, Tracy. I think as a strategist myself, one of the most important questions you can ask yourself is, what will I not tolerate? What will I say no to? And as you're thinking about this vision, what are those variables that you're going to say, no, these are off limits. These are boundaries. I just will not compromise. So values, vision, and variables, I think are really important to think about.
1: I love that, and you know, a lot of times I've even heard with um, strategic plans and stuff, don't say, just tell people, here's the no-go, here's the bounded lanes, and let the CEO say, I just don't want you to wind up in the news, I just don't want this. Everything else is free reign, and I thought that really gives people the ownership and the creativity rather than saying you will do this, you will do that. We think you just can't anticipate enough of that stuff because, like you said, there's the variables. But I I love uh, bound. I'm a big Henry. One of my favorite books is by Henry Cloud called Boundaries. And I think we get ourselves into bad situations, or mission drift, or burnout because we don't stay within those boundaries.
0: Oh, it's so true! It's so true. Uh, the last thing I might offer around vision is, mm-hmm. and, and there's a few different ways you can think about this. I'm a big believer in putting yourself in your mind's eye at the end of your journey, looking back. Mm-hmm. Now that could be that could be at your retirement party. That could be as your transition, uh, you know, to the great beyond. Whatever your mm-hmm your beliefs might be, and looking back and saying, what would I like to be able to say that moment's like? Mm -hmm. And what will I have created? What's the impact I've created? And that is a really powerful way to kind of then back in to say, this is what my vision looks like. And you can create, of course, short, medium, and long-term. You can say, in three months, this is my vision. In three years, this is my vision. And at the end of my journey, this is my vision. Here's the other thing is, I believe it can change and it can evolve. Yes. you know what your vision yes. is today can can evolve and that's perfectly okay. Right.
1: Oh, absolutely. And we tell people that as we evolve, as we ascend different peaks, we're going to suit up differently. There's going to be different traveling partners and you may get the call from God or whoever, hey, mission accomplished. I mean, I, I have changed so many different things in my life. And because I knew quite frankly, like you, this is done. There's nothing more to be gotten out of this. So so Ecclesiastes is like that. To everything, there's a season. So, I, I mean, I love that. I think when people get so fixated on something, but you got to stay open to whatever the universe is going to bring you because life is just one big journey.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And I love your word, Tracy, about seasons because that shows that life is, is an ongoing journey, things mm-hmm. are change, and that it's not, def- it's not necessarily um, a checklist that you're trying to, you know, hit, right? Yeah. And there's always something more to learn.
1: Well, and I think part of that is how we get through the seasons of drought, the winter, the bountiful harvest, how we prune. And so, I mean, it's just such a beautiful metaphor for life. These are all seasons as leaders that we go through. And even if, um, you know, this is your final thing you create and it, it becomes, you sell it for $50 gazillion you're still going to keep going through these seasons. And I think that's really important. But it's just like writing a symphony. There's these beautiful different sections and segments and pieces and tempos and emotions. And I mean, that's what life is.
0: It's true. And, and some may even argue right now with COVID, we are absolutely in a season. And I find that as leaders, we can always ask ourselves, what's the gift or let's say the universe trying to teach us or maybe ask of us right now. Yes. And, and the season, so to speak, uh, is a big emblematic aspect of
1: that. I love it. I love it. All right. So Stephen, thank you so much for your thoughts on vision and your values, your vision, your variables, just absolutely brilliant. And I know our leaders are just going to, listening are going to be able to really take that and apply it. I love tools. I mean, you can tell me everything, but I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? So I just, I love how you you shared your story of how you did that. Is there anything else that we haven't covered on the price of leadership or in your leadership journey that you would love to share with our listeners? Well, thank you, Tracy. I will simply echo again that What I believe and what's
0: certainly our our firm really emphasizes that this power of listening that we all have, I believe that we are at a time in our society, even before COVID with social media and the 24 seven news cycle, Mm. we are overwhelmed with what I would call noise and distraction and cacophony. And so what we can do as leaders is truly listen. Level one is where most of us sit. We're stuck in our head. We're kind of distracted, but we're very stuck on ourselves. We're kind yes. of um, focused on our own instrument, if you will. Yes. And we have the option to, to really transcend a level two or level three. Level two is when we start to open up to other musicians or leaders around us and start uh-huh. to play what we might call a call and response with others and really tune into others. That's important. It's not sufficient. The level three is when we really open ourselves up to the space, to the environment, uh, to the orchestra hall, if you will. Uh-huh. And that's what I feel like we all can do as leaders right now more than ever is get to that level three. Truly listen to ourselves, to our partners around us, and to our ensemble and recognize what's needed mm-hmm. and what will I do. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing.
1: Well, I love that. And kind of back to, you know, I love, like you said, so much noise and to really listen to, dial in what you need to listen to. But kind of back to abandonment, then you're going to have to be set healthy boundaries about what noise you're going to let come in because not all noises out there right now are created equal. And to try and take it all in is just going to create more um, dysfunction and disharmony. So I love getting really clear on what you need to be hearing and opening up to, because for all the trash out there, there's so much beauty and good and wisdom. And I tell people, they're like, oh, and I'm like, why are you listening to that trash? Trash in, trash out. There's a 50 gazillion books and documentaries and peer reviewed journals and music. Why do you allow that stuff to go into your head? There's so many brilliant, critical thinking, compassionate voices out there. Dial into them and forget Amen. everybody else. Amen. It's crazy.
0: It's, uh, tune in. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's Excellent. Beautiful. Well, Stephen, how can people find out about you and Audera Labs if they want to work with you? And um, tell them just a little bit about how, how would they work with you? What, what would you do with them?
0: So uh, the easiest way to get in touch is you can email me or find me on my, my website. My email is S and Sam Kohler, S K O H L E R at Audira Labs.com. That's A-U-D-I-R-A-L-A-B-S.com. You can also connect with us directly on our website. We offer two primary ways to amplify leaders' leadership, if you will. One is through transformative one-on-one executive coaching, where we really help leaders unpack and, and become unstuck to the leaders they know they can be. And then we also do experiential workshops where we use music as a lens to help uh, teams and organizations uh, expand. And we bring in music and instruments and all sorts of fun, creative ways to help leaders grow their leadership. So please feel free to, to reach out to me by a website or email and I uh, look forward to jamming with everybody.
1: Awesome. And can people do it even if they can't carry a tune in a bucket or have never played a musical instrument, even a kazoo?
0: <laughs> they sure can. In fact, it's primarily designed for non-musicians. Okay. And uh, we have a lot of fun ways to help leaders uh, unpack
1: that. I love that. Well, for our listeners out there, please check out Stephen's website. I did check out a lot of stuff. I love music, so I was fascinated by it. But He does, he makes it available for everybody. So, thank you, Stephen, so much for your incredible insights. Thank you for what you're doing to help leaders unlock to become better leaders because we all know a stronger leader means stronger teams, stronger homes, stronger ministries, stronger pets, stronger everything. So, thank you. Thank you. And I wish everybody an amazing, productive, and
0: uh, melodic future going forward.
1: I love it. So, if you like what you heard, folks, please hit the subscribe button and do us the honor of a rating and leave us a note about something about this interview that you like please reach out to steven too as well as check us out on tremendousleadership.com thank you so much for being part of our tremendous tribe thank you for being a positive force in the universe living tremendously and listening to all the sweet music out there and creating it yourselves thanks everybody have a tremendous rest of the day
0: thank you for listening to tremendous leadership with dr tracy jones Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com.